or the Bible right in front of you. As we're going to be looking at this morning, Colossians chapter 2, and be reminded what the Apostle Paul says to us there, do not let anyone judge you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. There are very few things that the political left and the political right in this country can agree on, but there is one thing that they are agreed about. We must protect our freedom. Ronald Reagan, a political darling of the political right, said this, and he's often quoted, Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it to our children in the bloodstream. It must be fought for, protected, and handed on for them to do the same. Can we paraphrase what he said? Free, what he said? Freedom is easily lost. It's lost just like that. You can lose it within a generation unless you educate your children. Unless you fight for the freedoms that you have in this country. The ACLU, or the American Civil Liberties Union, a political darling of the political left, has this catchphrase on their website. And their reason for existence, they say, because freedom can't protect itself. And that's really true, isn't it? So they say, we exist to help the poor, the disadvantaged, the people that are looked over so that, so that they always have their freedom. In fact, we're going we're gonna to bring lawsuits against whoever it is that is t- trying to take away whatever freedom it, it exists that is currently being taken away in this country. This very unique American approach to freedom leads to two truths. And we need to recognize them this morning. Freedoms, political or otherwise, are easily lost. That's an important truth for us to remember. Freedoms, political or otherwise, are very easily lost. Here's the second truth. Freedoms, political or otherwise, must be protected. These are two truths that we need to recognize here this morning. And here's why it matters in the church. Somewhere out there, there is a man, a religious leader in his church body, who has fallen in love with a beautiful woman. They met in church. Really the the perfect place to meet a Christian spouse. And it was magic from the very beginning. Whenever they sit down and have coffee, they they can talk all day long. They have the same interests. They love each other. But their church body says, in order to be a religious leader in our church, You must take a vow of celibacy. So they have a choice, don't they? They have a choice to live 
with a seared conscience or to stop loving each other. Somewhere along the line, they lost their freedom. And Ronald Reagan and the ACLU weren't there for them. Somewhere in the world right now, there's a little boy who spends most of his day in a wheelchair. He wants to go to church. He really does. And every week he sees his family go to church on Saturdays. They can't take him with them. Because the religious leader says, you can't work on Saturday. You can't dare to even push a little boy in a wheelchair to church. One religious leader was bold enough to say, well, why don't you string fish line all the way to the religious place of worship? And then it'll seem like it's still inside the house. And then you can push him. But, but the other religious leaders in the community, there was a howl of protest. Do not touch. Do not handle. You can't push a wheelchair. Not on Saturday, especially on the Sabbath. Somewhere along the line, that little boy in a wheelchair lost his freedom. And where was Ronald Reagan for him? Where was the ACLU? Somewhere out there, there's a woman lying in a hospital bed. And the family is all gathered around her. She can easily be cured. All all she needs is a blood transfusion. That's it. And the doctors and the family are urging her to get that blood transfusion. But the religious members of her community are standing around her bed reminding her that the church teaches that you can't get a blood transfusion. Just a few days later, the family stands at their, the, the, the graveside of their beloved abuelita. That's what they call her, abuela. The church members aren't there. It's just the family, and they're scratching their heads wondering what happened that this woman lost her freedom to get a blood transfusion that easily could have cured her. Somewhere along the line, she lost her freedom. And the ACLU and Ron and Reagan, they weren't there for them. we, We could go on and on all day talking about how liberties and freedoms inside the Christian church and outside the Christian church are being stripped away and people are being threatened to lose their salvation. They break one of the church rules. But let me bring it closer to home for you. How close are you to losing your freedom? It wasn't too long ago that I was teaching a class on the third commandment, and I told the class, the third commandment says, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. And I said, you know what this means? This commandment, if we take it literally in its external meaning, you must go to church on Saturday and you cannot work. You know what their reaction was? Shock and surprise. Why do you go to church on Sunday? Do you even know 
anymore. Why, why can your pastors get married? Why can you eat a pork, a pork sandwich that is, that is dripping with good old barbecue sauce? Why can you pick up a dead mouse in your apartment and go to church the very next day, not even worrying about whether God hates you or not, because now you are unclean? Because you know what the next step If we don't understand our freedom, what is the next step? What happens next? You will lose your freedom. Consider this question, are you one false teacher or one bad pastor away from losing your freedom? The Colossians were. The Colossians were, they lost their freedoms. And listen to what the Apostle Paul says, and he helps them to take it back. Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink, or with regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. These are shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ Do not let anyone who delights in false humility and the worship of angels disqualify you for the prize. Such a person goes into great detail about what he has seen. His unspiritual mind puffs him up with idle notions. He has lost connection with the head from whom the whole body, supported and held together by its ligaments and sinews, grows as God causes it to grow. All it took was one false teacher. All it took was one false pastor to get involved with the Colossian congregation. All it took was one falsely pious man. All it took was one person who looked spiritual but was actually unspiritual. All it took was for one person to be puffed up. All it took was for one person to say, I've seen visions. And the Colossians lost their freedom. They lost their freedom to drink beer. They lost their freedom to eat a pork sandwich. They lost their freedom to go to church on Sunday, not on Saturday. And most importantly, and probably most shockingly at all, they were on the verge of losing their freedom to walk into the gates of heaven. That's shocking, isn't it? But listen to what the Apostle Paul says. It was that bad. He says, Do not let anyone, this is verse 18, Do not let anyone who delights in false humility and the worship of angels, listen to what he says, disqualify you for the prize. What's the prize? Heaven itself. So, so everything that we said early about freedom applies, doesn't it? Freedoms, political or otherwise, are easily lost. The Apostle Paul continues, he says, Since you died with Christ, to the basic principles of this world, why, as though you still belong to it, do you submit to its rules? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. These are all destined to perish with use because they are based on human commands and teachings. Such regulations indeed have an appearance of wisdom with their self-imposed worship, their false humility, 
and their harsh treatment of the body, but they lack any value in restraining sensual indulgence. My, my grandpa was a guy, he looked just like me, only three inches taller. He was skinny, tall, and bald. And he, and he, was, the guy, he was the kind of guy that, that he would bribe me with McDonald's Happy Meals. And he taught me how to chop wood in Minnesota and how to ski down those hills in Minnesota. My grandpa was the kind of guy that when my parents weren't looking, he would... He would sneak me donuts. And when I went to his funeral, I walked in and I took a sharp breath when I looked at him. The same joy that had always sparkled in his eye wasn't there. You've seen a dead body too. They're they're inanimate. It's breathtaking. Death is a picture that is very serious. And unchangeable. It really is. That's what happened to Jesus. They hung him on a cross for our sins. And he died for us. So we don't have to return to those miserable same old laws and principles. When they took his body down from the cross, his limbs flopped. And the same joy that had always been in his eyes wasn't there anymore, and they laid him in the tomb because that was the only thing left to do. He was inanimate. Death is a very emotional picture, isn't it? It's very serious, and you can't change it. So think about this. Why does the Apostle Paul use that picture of Christ dying this morning? Listen again to what he says. Since you died with Christ. Why does he do that? So that you don't ever go back. That's why. Don't ever go back to those same basic principles that say, do not touch. The cost was too high. It cost him his blood and his life. These principles don't even work, he says. It's like embracing shadows instead of a reality. That's what the Apostle Paul says. He says, these are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. God gave to Israel shadows. He gave to them a Passover. And he said, paint around the door blood and the destroyer will pass over. It was a picture. A shadow of what Christ would do. And now he says to us, paint around the doors of your heart the blood of Christ. And sin and death and a just condemnation will just pass over. The, the Sabbath... Worshiping on Saturday, it was just a picture, just a shadow. And it pointed ahead to Christ and His body laying in the tomb completely at rest, trusting in the resurrection of the dead. Just a shadow. 
Why embrace a shadow when you can embrace the reality of Christ? When two people are in love and they can't live together, it is a normal, accepted behavior for them to exchange a picture. And maybe think of a a soldier at war. When he's far from his beloved, he might look at that picture and long to be together with the reality. And that's normal, healthy, emotional behavior. But what would you say about a man who, when they are reunited and they are married, who instead of embracing his wife, his beloved wife at night, he embraces the picture still? What would you say? Fill in the blank. That man is confused. That man is sick, you might say. What would you say about a picture who instead of embracing Christ, embraces a shadow? Fill in the blank. That person is clinging to shadows. Instead of clinging to the reality of Christ, the Apostle Paul says, disqualifies you from the prize. But the The opposite, thanks be to God, the opposite is also true. Clinging to Christ instead of clinging to shadows qualifies you for the prize. Thanks be to God. So the conclusions in all of this, the Apostle Paul, he tells us, don't let anyone judge you. How are you going to deny anyone the opportunity to judge you for your freedom so that you never lose them. Well, I'll tell you. Deliberately go to church on Sunday instead of Saturday. And when you do that, give thanks to Christ because you are free from the law. When you eat a wonderful pork sandwich that is dripping with barbecue sauce, Realize that the only reason that you can do that is because Christ won that freedom for you dearly. When you go to the hospital and you need a blood transfusion, get a blood transfusion. But realize that the reason that you can do that is because you know that you will not suddenly become unclean or fall out of the favor of God. And under his condemnation, you can do that because Christ has made you clean. Second, understand your freedom. Don't take it just for granted. Understand your freedom. Become educated about that. You know what a good thing to do in order to become educated about that would be? Go upstairs and sit with Alec for the next 45 minutes and learn about all the freedoms that we have. You know what I personally did to celebrate my own personal freedom? Right after I became a pastor, I married a beautiful woman. I'm free to do that. None of the freedoms that we have were gained cheaply. In fact, all of the freedoms that we have 
political or spiritual, were bought with blood and sweat and tears. So it is worth it to celebrate and live every day as if it were the 4th of July. To share these freedoms and to defend them. Amen.